five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. There we go. Okay, let's dig in. We got some fun stuff as always. Die Hard Battery returns to TV after 10-year hiatus. Okay, Bruce Willis is featured in an advanced auto parts Die Hard Battery commercial. Advanced Auto Parts bought Die Hard brand from Sears a year ago and became the exclusive retailer. Didn't know that stuff. And it's breathing new life into the brand. And I did see this commercial. Usually I get them to you before they air. So I'm going to show you the the 30-second version, which hasn't come out yet. But I did not get what was going on. Because it's very long and sort of convoluted. And I'm not too sure the 30-second one makes any sense either. But I'll give it to you, and you can decide. And here we go. You see the advanced auto parts, but not very well. Let's go. There's Theo. There's the bad guys. Good morning. Welcome to Advanced Auto Parts. I need one of those. Good morning on LinkedIn. He's got to crawl through the air vent, which is some movie I didn't know. Okay, I really like this graph because, you know, I've been hearing, is it a V recovery? Is it a U recovery? And I thought this was a pretty good V. Now, this is ad spending. So this is not, uh, this is not, the retail sales graph but I didn't see a retail sales graph but I'll show you the retail sales numbers very very optimistic clearly looks like a V to me not a U <clears throat> and what's interesting to me is this is year over year okay so we had a bad couple months here really bad are we through it well I made it did you make it yeah okay we're all still here <clears throat> most of us anyway and uh, now we're actually over last year's ad spend for these months. So that's very optimistic. Here's retail sales, 2% in September. Retail sales, and that and it's 5.4%. That's over August. But 5.4% year over year. Retail sales, can you believe it? And if you look at department store sales, that's up 10%. Okay? And if you look at uh, if you look at gas stations, automobile dealers, and restaurants, that's up 12% year over year. In other words, year year over year. Can you believe it? Unbelievable. And it's 10% National Retail Federation. So here's the explanation: total retails take. September numbers easily surpass what even the most optimistic economists had been expecting. Okay? Why the good news? Retail sales have been boosted by an improving labor market. It kind of always comes back to that. If there are jobs, people feel better. Right? It's not about government spending, even though government had played a part in getting us through there. It's about having a job. Uh... It says that the labor market rebounds consumer confidence. <clears throat> More are going back to work, and it makes them confident and spending. 
and there's less travel spending and some other things so they have some money to spend at the store and speaking of store Amazon Prime Day crosses 10 billion <clears throat> that's one day no that's a 48 hour event but it beat last year by 45.2% year over year 45.2% good lord that's a lot it sounds like a lot to me okay and uh, it's up 7 billion during that event in July in 2019 my goodness sales of marketplace sellers products grew nearly 60% so the brands and the other merchants getting involved with Amazon are you actually here or is this a pre-recording <laughs> hey somebody's on twitch I just got a comment from twitch I've never had a comment from twitch not that I knew of I'm not real I'm a bot I'm a 3d hologram I read I didn't do that article but there's a 3d hologram coming and you know I could look like I don't know who Sean Connery or something you know really really good I don't have to worry about getting old I can be a 3d hologram forever you know if I just take off this coat I'm like the, all I need is a head you know it's like VeggieTales I don't even need arms and legs <laughs> okay so I'm not a big fan of Amazon I have to say but man they're killing it and so let's get over to the final piece of today we're gonna have a short one today I have some long articles that I'm not gonna touch on thanks for the thumbs up the definitive list of pricing models you can use this is from uh, Trung over on on the hustle which I always like lucid motors last week announced that they've raised one billion dollars they make an electric car they're making an electric car and they're going to price their car at $69,000, So Elon Musk decided to price his model at $69,420. I don't know why exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so the hustle decided to give us a, yeah, I know. Uh, give us a definitive guide to pricing the first is competition based set your price on existing market rates what your compet competitors charge now that's more complicated than it makes it sound on a one sentence coverage when I was working at the ad agency Cub Foods came into the Chicago market and every place else every other place that Cub Foods went Here's what they did. They'd come into the market and then they would knock down their price 6%. Okay? Now, when you change the price of milk and eggs 2%, the market perceives it. Think about the gas pumps, probably similar thing. You know what the prices are around town, right? And so the sales go up at when you lower your price below competition and six percent is just unheard of because the the average grocery store chain makes one or two percent net profit on sales so six percent is out of business for most grocery store chains okay so cub comes in with big new stores builds a couple of big new stores and six percent not not only that worse than that 
they the competitors try their best to lower their prices and so they lower them four percent because that's all they can stand they know they're going to go out of business okay so they come down to almost match cub but there's still a two percent difference what did i just tell you about pricing two percent is enough to win so cub comes in and there's a two percent but it's still enough and they take the flyers because all the competitors put their special discount super on sale milk and eggs and cub puts those flyers up at the entrance of the cub foods this is what they were doing and they take big red x's and write the cub food price on top of it and show you that cub was beating even the best price you'd seen in maybe years for milk and eggs they were beating all the competitors okay well at the time our big client was Dominic's Finer Foods and I've talked about this before but Dominic's you know Dominic ran the place I mean he still did right and Dominic uh, Dominic's wow those twitch those twitch comments are quite racy so you know unless you're on twitch you don't see them but I get to see them (laughs) thanks for you guys on twitch this is fun um, I didn't know anybody watched me over there, and most of you don't even know what Twitch is, so that makes me cool, I think, right? Does that make me cool? How many old guys are on Twitch? None. Anyway, so Dominic's was, you know, was a family-owned grocery store chain, and so we decided to take a completely different tack, <clears throat> and our ad stopped featuring price. We had a picture of a beautiful strawberry. We had a picture of a piece of broccoli, beautifully, art, artistically drawn, hand-drawn by a real artist. <clears throat> yeah, skinny Santa Claus, right. <clears throat> Lost a lot of weight. Anyway, so, so hand-drawn, beautiful, full page in the newspaper. Big, big. And I've got those on file now. The One of the art guys actually sent me that, which is so cool. And... How could that possibly work? Well, a couple of things. Dominic's had a lot more stores than Cub when they came in. And a lot of the stores that Dominic's had were not close to a Cub. They were long, a long drive away. And so we figured and told them, keep your prices the same. Don't mess around with it. And if they're close or if they're like middle distance, okay, if they're middle distance, then what I want you to do is tier price the the novelties you know the a1 sauce and the and the tetley tea or you know uh, not your staples keep those where they are take down some of the you know the the stuff the middle stuff but on the peanut butter and eggs and milk match cup right to the numbers so that when people come in there they know there's nothing to lose and especially if you're right next door to a Cubs. You match the Cub price right on the button. So this is competition-based, okay? But where the drive time was long, Dominic's kept making the same margin. You see the key here? It's competition-based, but it's not like just set a price. That's the way, you know, that's the way governments do it. 
That's not the way somebody who's smart does it. That's not the way somebody who's running your corner grocery does it, you know, who's actually there and thinking about stuff, okay? So guess what? Chicago was the only market where Cub didn't come in. Because what was interesting is when Cub would, they would drive the prices all down, and then they would gradually raise theirs. The, the, the competitors would have to raise them because they were going out of business, and then Cub would come up. And then the competitors would go up and the cub would go up. Till the competitors were back at where they could only stand to be. And cub was 2% down. And gradually they would put them out of business. Right? So pricing is an art. And sometimes <clears throat> pricing is based on, you know, high, low. Yeah, there's all these lost leaders or something. But sometimes price, there was a fine pen company, a fine, there was a department store selling these very well-made writing pens, and they tried to sell them at $20 or something, because they thought, well, this is competitive with other pens we're selling at $20, and what, and they didn't sell, because nobody would heard of that brand of pen, and so somebody thought, well, they're not selling, now, obviously, the, the, the small-minded marketer will say, Let's just cut the price. Let's sell them for five bucks. You know, sell them at our cost. And the owner came in and he said, no, that's not how you do it. Let's sell them at $200. Let's see what happens. $200. Ten times more than they were charging. And guess what? They sold them all. Sometimes price is a signal of quality, of exclusivity. And especially when you're giving a gift... You know, this isn't the way I think. The way I think of is that if I can get a pen for $20, it's a $200 pen because, you know, it's on eBay or something, then good for me, you know. I'll tell my, I'll tell my relatives it was a $200 pen that I got a deal on. But, but literally, some of my relatives, different culture, I have to say, I'm not saying it's wrong, but some of my relatives, if, if it's too... If it's too good of a sale, if it's too good a price, they feel bad. They feel bad in their own heart about giving a discounted item. They want to give something that costs them something. Right. Yeah, it's Italians. I, I don't know that all Italians are like this, but, but my, you know, it was a very different thing when I got married, when I married into the Italian culture. It was very different how they thought of gift giving, and it was very important to them. It was not as important in our family. <laughs> we were like, here, here's something that will keep you busy. <laughs> That's kind of the way I feel about it. <laughs> That's kind of, I, I, you know, I feel like my, my dad grew up in the Depression, and, you know, he was like, you're lucky to have a bicycle. I remember my first three-speed bike we got, at, like, at a garage sale. And, you know, dad gave it to me and kind of polished it up. I was riding my bike to school through the winter, <laughs> and he... You know, we kind of polished it up together, and it was a three-speed, and it was full-size big bike. It was my first, like, high-level high bike. And, you know, for my sister, when I when I outgrew my little bike, you know, he took it apart, took all the stuff off it, and painted it pink for her. You know, that's kind of what we did. We we even made toys together. Dad made a sail. My dad and I made a sailboat one time. I remember that. So, my, my culture... <laughs> He made me a sword once for Halloween, and 
it was a paint he paint it was, it was wood and he painted it silver and then put red on the tip like blood that was a pirate man that was really cool i was probably seven years old anyway so we had a you know we were like make it yourself is more important than what you paid for it even if it was free but anyway so pricing is a complex art and and this is what capitalism gives you capitalism gives you opportunity to try stuff it's not government pricing a big factor a big component of Soviet espionage in the 60s was to come to America and figure out what we were charging for toothpaste and then charge that. <laughs> but a lot of times, because there wasn't really a lot of incentive to be productive, their toothpaste t cost more. And so it was just a losing battle. <laughs> but they would spy on us because they couldn't figure out pricing or par pricing theory or the craziness of pricing. That's the fun of capitalism. Don't ever reject it. Don't ever think that capitalism doesn't pull more people out of poverty. Did you know that since the year 2000, the UN had a goal of cutting poverty in half? And they set a poverty level of, I don't remember, the number of people living on a dollar a day or less. And it is literally, by 2015, I think, it literally got cut in half. And that's a lot because of opportunity zones. It's a lot because of governments realizing that when you give people the opportunity to have their own business, it ignites everything in a positive way. So pricing is, is a miracle. The miracle of capitalism. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. I'm John Miglosh. Bye-bye.